I hiked Don Quixote. I live on peyote, marijuana, morphine, and cocaine. I never knew sadness, but only a madness that burns at the heart and the brain. I see each charwoman ecstatic, inhuman, angelic, demonic, divine. Each wagon a dragon, each beer mug a flagon that brims with ambrosial wine. I went to the city and founded a pity, and the devil was playing in hell. And ten million mortals had entered hell's portals and thought they were all doing well. I said, see dear people on every church steeple and imp of the devil at play. See ghouls cut their capers in daily newspapers and friends in police courts hold sway. The mountains are palaces, women are chalices meant to be supped and not sold. The desert, a banquet hall set for a festival ripe for the free and the bold. The wind and the sky are ours, heaven and all its stars. Waken and do what you will. Break with this demon spawned, hell-inspired nightmare bond. Magic lies over the hill. They said I was crazy, ambiguous, lazy, disgusting, fantastic, obscene. So I hide for my sagebrush and cactus and corn mush to see if the air was still clean. Oh, I hide Don Quixote. I live on peyote, marijuana, morphine, and cocaine. And may I be twice damned for a bank clerk or storehand if I ever visit the city again. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Walls, and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, March 4th, 2019, and we're digging deeper into Tree Fort. Tonight, for 42 minutes, we're meeting local rockers Marshall Poole. They perform Friday, March 22nd at the Olympic at 1010, which is smack dab in the middle of a really good night at the Olympic. Like weavers with the progressive loom, Marshall Poole makes rock and roll that is equal parts cerebral, southern, and psychedelic. All threads come together to make a colorful tapestry of sound that retains its own pop sensibility. Their sophomore album, Pasadena, came out January 11, 2019, which was a long time coming and that it took the band two years to record, mix, and master. This record proves to be one of Marshall Poole's most colorful and ambitious albums, including rich layers of instrumentation previously unexplored by the band. The members of Marshall Poole have been playing their furious and contemplative rock and roll since their first show on New Year's Eve 2011-2012, growing together with core roots in heavy rock and roll but continuing to shift shapes of their genre. They released their first EP in 2013 called The Misconception and have been actively touring since 2014. They released their first full-length album called Totems in November of 2015 on Defendu Records. It's my understanding that they've played Tree Fort many times, maybe all the times. Marshall Poole <laughs> consists of Melanie Radford, writer Saron, Michael Hubri, and Seth Graham. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. We're doing great. Excellent. How many Thanks for that. You bet. Very nice. How many tree forts have you played? Um, six? Is this our six? Is that our Olympic? It's our Olympic, Shredder, and Olympic again. Okay. And the bouquet. This is and our seventh? It's our sixth or seventh. Either six or seven. <laughs> they seem to they seem to fly by because they're so fun every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are fun. So uh, 
you guys, you, your first show was on New Year's Eve. It was 2011 when you started and 2012 when you finished. I think 2012 is the first year of Tree Fort. Did you guys play Tree Fort 1? No, no we did not. But you played every one since. Played on tour, 2013, I think it was the first one. Yeah, I think it was 2013, actually, was our first one. Mm -hmm. So that would make it this one or six months? Yeah, it was the first time they had the main stage, I think, wasn't it? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to to open up the main stage, which was very, it it was a great treat to be able to do that. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was amazing. And it's always been amazing every single year it's been so great for our community too okay so the, let's start matching voices with names um and instruments too maybe so uh which one is melanie and what do you play i'm melanie i sing and i play the bass guitar okay and i think you're also in purring mantis is that correct yes i'm also in purring mantis as well okay I, I just spoke with Mostly Muff a couple nights ago, and so that was a fun... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just talking to Ivy earlier, and she was saying she recently did a podcast, so that must have been you. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, writer, what what do yeah. you sound like, and what do you do? <laughs> this is what I sound like. Um, I play guitar. And I sing as well in Marshall Pool, and I guess in pretty much everything else I do. And and Michael, you, uh, you the percussion is pretty mean on the first instrumental track of uh, Pasadena. What do you sound like? Hi, uh, uh, this is me, and this is what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you. Seth, you're the last one with your keyboards and guitar. Uh, yeah, mainly keyboards for this album. Like, I, I don't play any guitar on Pasadena. All right. So, did are you guys from Caldwell? Did, is that correct? Um, most. So all of the guys are from Caldwell. I'm actually from Nampa, um, but I've known. Like, we've kind of known each other for a long time. So um, we kind of just say that we're all from. Caldwell to, to make, make it, it easier. easier from the 2C. Yeah, from the 2C area. <laughs> but have you moved from the 2C to the 1A? We yeah. have. Yeah. All of us. All of us have. Well, except Mike, Mike moved to the 1A and then back to the 2C. Yeah. <laughs> 2012, your guys are seven years in now. This is That's a pretty good run for a band. What, you know, what's the secret here? Mm. Um... Being open and honest with each other. Yeah. As often as you can. Yeah. We've like kind of grown together as well. Um, I mean, our first show was when we were 17, 17 or 18. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of grew up together and we all went to college and got to know each other more. And, and then we lived uh, together. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, three of us, so me, Ryder, and Mike lived together on a home on Pasadena Drive up on the Boise bench. Okay. While we all, yeah, it's all um, while we went to BSU. All of us were getting degrees at, in um, different things at BSU, and so we decided to live together and practice in our basement and 
that's actually where a lot of these songs came together for Pasadena. Um, but most of them really came together when Seth joined our group two years ago, three years ago. Right around when we released, when we were recording Totems. Yeah, it was when we were recording Totems that we got closer with Seth, and then all of our ideas kind of solidified with Pasadena once Seth started having like more input in the songwriting and everything kind of just blossomed and came into fruition much more clearly um, when all four of us kind of worked together. So that was kind of the birth of Pasadena, you know. Um, Do you guys rehearse in the house that you live in? So we did. We we used to, yeah. We rehearsed in the basement, which was wonderful. Um, but then as soon as we all graduated college, we kind of just went our separate ways and lived. And now we all live with our partners and in different areas now. So Yeah, the okay, owner so, wanted to sell it. Yeah, the yeah. owner of the home wanted to sell the home. So we're like, okay, <laughs> got to go. Yeah. Which luckily I think helped me graduate. <laughs> <laughs> we partied a lot in that house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that poem that I read at the beginning was written by a guy named Jack Parsons, and he was a a follower of Aleister Crowley, but he also founded mm. the the JPL Lab. You know, so he was a rocketeer, like one of the. Mm. But he he also had like this notorious house in Pasadena where he had a whole uh, mm -hmm. bunch of science fiction writers who would come and and they do black masses and stuff. So, I didn't know about that. <laughs> same kind of stuff, I guess. You know, just you know, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> so uh, closely connected. <laughs> I love that. Well, so in listening to, you know, your music, it, there's definitely a different feel from the, the first album, Totems, to Pasadena. Uh, it's, it's interesting in that, like, I hear lots of different flavors, I think, in Totems. I mean, so it, it seems like Pasadena is more solidified, that the voice feels a little more unified as, or maybe consistent is what I'd say, but, I mean, it's all good. The, I mean, the really key takeaway is that you're all very skilled musicians. Um, Thank you. I, you know, it, it's it's like, um, is that just what happens? Did, when, I guess that's the question. When when did you feel like, like you guys were, like, super with, or together or solid or something? You know, whatever it is, professional, I guess. How many years before you're like, oh, yeah, we're pretty good at this? Uh, well, since we started in high school, like, we, we actually went to, Mike and Mel and I went to a jazz camp together for a couple years. That's where we met. Yeah, that was where the three of us met. And, so you guys are uh, band orcs. There's a secret there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All of us are band and orchestra dorks. And Seth was a friggin' child prodigy on keys. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he came in, it, he came in real easy into the crew because we were out playing like when we were doing gigs and we were all still in high school. Like we were really a bar band back then, playing like old rock and roll and blues standards, that kind of stuff. So we'd be playing like four hours a night, and that's that's really good training to, you know, figure out 
what it is that you're doing and how on to the like, instrument. Yeah, and how to like write a song too. I mean, you learn so much by starting off playing covers when you're younger, you know. Um, and we kind of just learned how to vibe together and all the different ensembles we were in school. Um, yeah. Just to add to that, uh, they said uh, they all went to Boise State. I got a name drop College of Idaho. Mm -hmm. That's where I went, and I studied music composition. So I think a combination of all of our ensemble training, our private composing, our private practice, and all that just all kind of came together. Did you all get music degrees? Everyone except me. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael does not have a degree. Michael, he does not have a degree just yet. Yes, but it won't be in music. It won't be in music. Yeah. Well, so I'm a music school dropout, actually. Uh, it's hard shit. It is hard shit. <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Well, I started, like, when I was 18 and then dropped out to be a rock star. And then when I came back and I had a child and then children, there was no way. There's, there's like, because like taking classes, doing homework, and then, you know, practicing your instrument for X number of hours a day. It's like, there's no time for that. No. Yeah. It's like, it was super nice. We were all like, you know, while we were in college, we were also there playing our instruments. So it made it, you know, like we're doing jazz or classical bass or, you know, classical guitar or, you know, classical and contemporary piano pieces or composing, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think back to like, like the glam bands, like they weren't practicing. They just were you know, like gigging every single night or, you know, I'm thinking like, uh, the hair metal bands like they're just played so many shows that of course they're going to eventually you know get pretty tight and good like that, that was yeah. their, that's their job that's what they do right but that's also why they sound all the same and stayed sounding the same for the whole era yeah <laughs> playing shows I think instead of trying to stay in their own knowledge of their instruments yeah Maybe they'd come in and be like, yo, bro, I got this sick new tune. Kickstart my heart. It's going to push boundaries <laughs> to the limit, bro. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think uh, Randy Rhodes would go on tour and then like do classical guitar lessons at, in different cities with different like teachers and stuff. Like, So he was always yeah. interested in expanding. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Randy Rhodes was amazing. Yeah. For sure. Proper student of music. <laughs> Proper. Proper student. Uh, but do you guys have a common language of artists that you are mutually uh, in agreement upon, you know, that kind of inform some of your songwriting? Or like did during I mean, Totems and then uh, it expanded as you added the keys? I think like Michael McDonald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we man, I just like it. As we kind of got older, we've been expanding more in, in terms of different genres we've been into, and then also just being more comfortable in um, experimenting in those different genres. 
Because when Seth joined, there was a lot of um, things that we were kind of afraid of exploring um, that we hadn't before in songwriting. Um, and then once he once he joined, it like it opened so many doors for us because Seth was able to kind of open up chords more and um, we were just able to have another voice in there to collaborate and um, expand all the different genres we can play and that we were afraid to kind of tread before yeah. that. Yeah, it was once once Seth joined, it felt like, oh, now we got to, now we got to write some stuff that Seth's going to take play in. And that kind of like just expanded everything mm-hmm. because it wasn't just like the straight up, you know, standard rock and roll sounding kind of stuff. It was which like, we love. Yeah. Which is fucking great. And we love playing it. But it was something that we, we kind of wanted to move a little bit forward on in terms of like, I don't know, just kind of experimenting more in so many different ways. Yeah. Okay, well, so, like, some of the some of the qualities that I uh, recognize, or, but so it, oftentimes, whenever I do this, once a year, I talk to bands on the podcast, it's always like I'm revealing more of myself when I'm saying, this is what I hear, you know, than what's actually there, <laughs> because it's like, yeah. how limited is my palette, you know, versus whatever it is you guys are, but so anyway, on Totems, I was, it's interesting, because I was hearing... Uh, like Seattle grunge qualities, which was interesting, but like at the same time, you know, maybe definitely more rocking, I guess, but the the new stuff sounds, it has a more like a Southern rock quality, but it's also, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like bigger. It's, it's way bigger. And I think it, it, it's that, psychedelic keyboard layer that kind of brings mm-hmm. in so there is this really classic sound you guys have and i wonder you know why why did you guys land there you know what is it about that that particular quality that you know is so interesting i think it's what we all grew up with is yeah. what it is because like i think all of us grew grew up listening to older kinds of music i don't know like you know just with my parents and I dug their music was like Beatles, Credence, Rolling Stones. So I always dug that rock and roll stuff. And then, you know, once you go there, it's like, all right, now we're getting a little heavier. Let's get into Zeppelin. Let's get into Black Sabbath. And then you get to the more contemporary artists like uh, the Black Keys, the White Stripes, those kind of sounds. And it's like, oh, that's the kind of music that, you know, I dig. But I know Seth didn't didn't really have those kind of influences though coming out. Like, what was what was your influences when you were a kid? Uh, like Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, probably the number one for me. And then I had a Headhunters album, Harry Hancock album, and all the tones he was doing, synthesizer wise, just like have always intrigued me since I was little. And that's, I mean, that led to like Weather Report, Corey Henry, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm more on that vein of it, but I think with Pasadena, we did a good job of meeting them together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just, yeah, it's interesting because like we take a lot of influence 
when we're so young and we're listening to classic rock and stuff, but then we kind of get to a time where we want to move forward and move on from that. And so I feel like with Pasadena, we've, we've also explored things past that as well for us anyways. Yeah. Like the song Roland, the, the main like guitar line on that is almost like a guitar etude, mm-hmm. you know, or etude. I don't, I guess etude. that's etude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any classical musicians out there are cringing. <laughs> so it's it's almost like an etude, but it's it's also kind of got it's it's like kind of that new wavy. Yeah. I, I don't know. Some of it's kind of hip hop. Just this repeated line that happens over and over again. Because mm-hmm. there's that one song, it's like that one hip hop song that has that like chromatic run that just keeps happening throughout the whole thing and that was the idea I had on that song it's yeah. like to just have this little run that just happens basically over for the over. whole of the song yeah and hopefully it doesn't bug people too much <laughs> no I think it's a good texture and that's that's another thing is like with Pasadena we thought so much about texture and that's something that we didn't really explore as intently as we did like in totems it wasn't as um on purpose as it was um in pasadena we really thought about like um, different kind of tones and um dynamics and just textural things that we can add to make the like the listening experience be interesting for people when they listen to the record um versus when we're playing it live because we know it's a very different experience as well when you see us live and you listen to the record. Yeah, definitely more visceral when we're live. Yeah. So speaking of touring, um, it it I saw that you made a video for Chasing the Sun, and it looks like was that mini tours or just one particular outing that you guys went on for you know a series of weeks or so. Um. That's just the one run. I think it was it was a, it was yeah it was a one week long tour I think that was the chasing down the sun tour and last summer for a week yeah that's a pretty good week if you were Seattle Portland San Francisco yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and those are places that we love that we've been to multiple times. Um, so that tour in particular, we actually toured with uh, t- our friends in Tango Alpha Tango, which was so much fun to play those shows with them. We're really big fans of them, and they're, they became really good friends of ours. They're also great students of music, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Are they local, or are they Portland? Yeah, they're from Portland. Yeah. yeah. And there's some shots in that Chasing Down the Sun video where it's like Seth and I with our shirts off, <laughs> just like in our underwear in the back seat. And that's totally because uh, anytime we went over like 65 miles an hour in our van, the fan would just cut out. So there would be no AC. And when you got to get it to go where you got to go, it's like you're driving faster than that. So we're just like sweating buckets like in the back <laughs> of the van. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great moment in the video for sure. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So then, 
Pasadena came out. It was um, at the beginning of last year, so is it's been out a year? Is that right? No, it just came out in January. This, okay. This year. This year. Okay. So it hasn't been out too long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so are you? Is Tree Fort kind of like the beginning of tour season for you? Or are you going to do something this summer? Or you know, what are your, what do you guys have up your sleeve to promote this album? I think um, we're going to play Tree Fort and then do a couple of um, possible weekend stints coming up. Um, but we're going to do most of our touring later in the summer. That's our plan. And so, what is it like from a gear standpoint with you guys? Do you have? I'm, for whatever reason, I'm just imagining quite a bit of gear. Um, Actually, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I have made some tonal decisions simply based on the weight of the instrument now. So it used to be we carried around a coffin with a keyboard in it and just some heavy shit. And it's slimmed down, I think. I think it'll all fit. And, uh, yeah. 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 We definitely changed up our setup quite a bit. Um, I even got a smaller amp, um, so it's just better fit for touring. Because the bigger amp that I was a bitch to lug around. Um, I also just got a smaller amp, yeah. which is gonna be dope for touring. Yeah. I just realized. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you think like at first, like oh, it'll be fine, like, but then we've done it so many times now. That it's just it's it's just not worth it. <laughs> What's crazy is the most asked question on tour that you say to each other or the phrase you say to each other the most is, "Do you have the keys?" Yeah. Like everybody is always asking each other for the keys to the van. Yeah. And we actually had a scare in was it Pocatello? Yeah. Yeah. Like we would just chuck the keys at each other like as hard as we could below the below the belt. Yeah, <laughs> below the belt. It was like fun, and one time I did that to Seth, and then the keys bounced off him and landed like half an inch from a gutter, like <laughs> from like a storm drain. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been so pissed. From a point of no return. <laughs> well, so we we need to have a band meeting and decide that everyone gets their own key on their own ring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, you, you can't trust each other that much, can you? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, so then, looking back uh, last year, Tree Fort, where where did you guys play? Did you play a couple times, multiple times, or just one time? I think our last year we only played once. And right? it was just at the Shredder. Yeah, and it was because in all the past tree forts that we've done, we would play a lot. And I think we kind of just realized that it was too much for us to handle, especially in our own hometown. It's kind of different. So we just want to focus on just our main tree fort set. And that's what we're going to do as well this year. Cool. Well, so like one of the things I wonder about, uh, Someone, so like you said, you were speaking to Ivy. Ivy's gonna end up playing in three different outfits, and so you know, she's gonna be spread. Oh, yeah. well, I as well. <laughs> yeah. oh you are you, okay. So you guys are all in like 15 different bands. Is that also the case? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is also the case. 
<laughs> all right. Well, so let's let's uh, get it all out here on the line. What other bands do we need to see at Tree Fort? Okay. Well, this year at Tree Fort, uh, Gypsy Moonrise is playing a set at Tom Graney's on Saturday night. I'm not sure on the time. And Ryder's playing guitar for them. We're the last. We're the last ones, and that's a band that both Seth and I are in. Yeah, and it's like blues rocky. Um, unfortunately, this year I have a solo project called Rider and Rolling Thunder that's more country, and unfortunately it didn't get into Tree Fort this year, but probably next year. Yeah. So that's dope. <laughs> and then for me, I have another project called Blood Lemon, and it is actually a project with Lisa Simpson on, from. Finn Riggins and Mostly Muff. Um, it's our band that we share, and we're playing Thursday at 6:10 at the Linen Building. And then I also play bass for Built to Spill as well right now. Um, so I'll be playing you with do? Built to Spill. I do. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah, doesn't Built to Spill end up playing like? A bajillion times at Tree Forts usually? Yeah. Um, so actually with Built to Spill now, um, Doug brought it back to its original idea where there's a rotating cast behind him now. So there's just a bunch of rotating members playing with them now. Uh-huh. Um, so they're playing twice. And the first show is on the main stage on Thursday, and he's playing it with um, – three different Brazilian musicians that he works really well with. Um, and then I am playing the second set with him Sunday night at the Olympic. And then, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's been, Welcome yeah. to the club, man. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all played on Austin City Limits, so, yeah. <laughs> 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 well so then uh, my question was so this is great so you guys get to enjoy the festival but it doesn't really sound like i mean you you probably do but it's really at the at the mercy of all the other things that you ha you're responsible for yeah i think um so like last year we weren't as involved in other projects as much um i think last year you guys were in gypsy though we, yeah, we did our gypsy set. Yeah, and, and then cool. just kind of this year has been really crazy. We were able to kind of expand more and start and start these different projects and also join different projects. And so this year now, we're just, a lot of us are just playing multiple times, but in different bands, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really exciting because it, it really just shows how closely knit and supportive our music scene is with each other and how we like to collaborate with one another you know so then do you guys like uh partake in the festival or is it you know you're you're you've done your work and then you go home you know how do you feel about about that do you stay out late and have a good time or you know that poem you were talking about at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think it was three tree forts ago that we did like 
We did like three or three or four sets as Marshall Pool. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, and it was like it was like three days in a row of doing shows where like one of them was two shows in one day. We did like a special set that was like we're all playing synthesizers, like and that we got that little project cornucopia, and it was super fun to go do it. But it's definitely like if you do that many shows you don't get to enjoy the festival as much. Yeah, that's true. Because there's always the band you want to see playing, like, during the time you're supposed to be loading in, or, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's a good, like, I don't know, in terms of the different projects that we're involved in, I feel like it is a little different, just because you're giving attention to each project, you know, each each detail. And what you're working on, um, but it's true. It's it's always kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> during Tree Fort. Luckily, this year I got a room in the safari, so hit me up. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At me, bro. <laughs> Do you guys have any any memories from 2018 that that you would want to share, like uh, things that were you know you saw that or you know moments? Like tree fort moments? Oh, I have a big one. <laughs> so, um, I think you actually know about this. You did an interview with um, my friend Angel, who's in Purring Mantis with me. Yeah. Um, we danced on stage with Pussy Riot last year. Oh, wow. And that was, that was nuts. It was nuts. It was crazy to meet them. Um, they, like, asked us, all the members of Purring Mantis, to come up and just kind of rage with them and hold um, protest signs. And it was it was so much fun. And I think that one, that so far is my number one tree fort memory for sure. I have another pussy related tree fort memory. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, night, <laughs> the night we played at the Shredder, uh, so two bands after us was a Thunder Pussy. Who's a great band. They're so good. Yeah, and they didn't know that uh, there wasn't a backline for them, so they actually ended up using our gear for it. And that was uh, that was fun to be able to watch Thunder Pussy like rocking out on our stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they did a great job. They gave yeah. me a hat and yes. a pick, which yes. was very kind of them. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a fun show. <laughs> did did, you guys did uh, was that the same? The same night, this did you guys open up for Starcrawler? Was that that night? That we did. Yeah, it was us, Starcrawler. Thunder Pussy. So it was, yeah, that was actually the lineup. So it was, I don't, I I, I mean, honestly, I forget who was before us. It's homosexual. Oh, yeah, homosexual. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard because you're just, like, going a thousand miles an hour when you're, like, getting ready for your show and, like, loading in and mentally preparing. But, yeah, it was homosexual. I think then us and then Starcrawler and then Thunderpuss. Yeah. What did you did you guys watch Starcrawler? Yeah. Yes, we did. That was we, that was pretty intense. We watched them and we were them. It was really intense. And I I didn't know like it was right on the edge of this is this is creeping me out. Is this real or is this theatrics? Because it was really compelling. It was. It was real. It was Yeah, I mean, they they were they were like that off stage. They too. kind of were like that off stage. <laughs> when we met them and we yeah, I don't know. It's they're 
I think they're really into what they're doing, you know, so you, you can't really tell if it's still an act off stage. Huh. They might they might be using hard drugs, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so what about this yeah. year? What are you guys looking forward to this year? Anything anything that you're really excited about? Yeah. What was that? That's a super Black Rock Super Rainbow, Dan Deacon. Yeah. I'm excited for Mandolin Orange. They're like a folk outfit that have a really awesome, I don't know if they'll play it. They did like a beautiful cover of Bob Dylan's Boots of Spanish Leather that I'm, I, I mean, I hope they play it because they did it so great. So I'm yeah. hoping to see that. For sure. Did you say Black Mountain? Or Black Rainbow. There's a couple. Black Moth Super Rainbow. Yeah. Okay. That Black Moth Super Rainbow. I was checking them out, and I think like I the the music is really interesting. I wonder what the live show would be like. Like I could see how it could be interesting, or it could be super boring. Maybe you know you just never know. Sometimes. I hear I hear where live shows are amazing. Um, they're just doing a lot with their hands, so it's like I think their shows are more visual. <laughs> they, like they have a lot of things to do with their hands while they're playing, so I don't think they uh, their bodies. I don't think they really get into it, but their shows are pretty crazy. I'm sure Mike's excited to see Dan Deacon finally. Yeah, Dan Deacon always has a good uh, live performance. He always does weird things with the crowd participation. Yeah. Where he'll set up and I don't know if he'll do it in Treeport, depending on the show, but usually sets up in the middle of the room and has the crowd around him, like running circles around him and doing weird stuff. So I've never seen him, but I've always wanted to. So hopefully I will miss this. Yeah. I saw, well, I, I didn't really see it. Um, <laughs> he was He was supposed to play the main stage, but the sound guys were having such a hard time. Like, it it was taking so long to get his sound check done and it was so uncomfortable like i i think he eventually started playing but it was like it was just uh it was so much was a couple years ago. yeah i ended up yeah yeah going and so. checking something else out i think it was a good show once he started playing but well, he he paints over everything he's using to play like it's just painted over so I'm sure, like, I can imagine the sound check was rough because I wouldn't know what knobs did what if I painted over, like, what they say they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's all set up just like a painting, but it's all machine. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and, of course, like, all our friends, bands, like, you know, Bells and Blood Lemon, uh, Afrosonics, Lounge on Fire. I mean, there's, there's so many. Elder Blue. I mean, the French tip. There's so many dope local bands that yeah. I cannot name right now. Yeah. Oh, Mesimer. Yeah. He used to practice in the very space we're doing this interview in right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of our just got, there's so many good Boise bands. Like, it, and that's what's so great about Treeford is that it really showcases so many of these amazing Boise bands that are our friends. And yeah, so we're really stoked to see all of them and support on a, each other, you know. Gallery for it. Gallery for it. Yeah. What's that? The, the market oh. oh. 
full time during Treeport at the Hawaii. There's a room set aside for a project I worked on with a group called Fish Market. Um, like slow motion videos, high frame rate videos with synth music. We blew up a bunch of artwork from a professor at C of I uh, named Garth Flossa. Um, so uh, all those videos will be on display the whole week of Treeport. So are, uh, it took you two years to do Pasadena. Are you madly working on the third LP? Basically. Yeah, we, um, I mean, we almost have a whole other album ready to go almost. So, you know, we're going to support our, our album at hand and then kind of work from there on the new one. Hopefully we can get the new one out soon. All right. Well, so what can people expect if they were to, to go to the, Marshall Pool. You know what I didn't ask you is where did the name come from? Oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, did you ask a different question? <laughs> um, so Ryder actually just left the room, but um, he saw it from a street sign, and it was like Marshall PL, and obviously it's Marshall Place, but he thought Marshall Pool sounded cooler. And then he just kind of gave, like, he brought it to the, the band, and we thought the name sounded cool. And so we just decided to give our band name an actual name. Yeah. Well, like... Uh... I do have to say, it's not... I personally wouldn't recommend doing that. Well, there are bands. Marshall Pools out in the world, I think, if you go on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And that is why. Dude, there's one dude who's like a square dance caller. <laughs> there, yeah, there is. and his videos are like right below ours on youtube yeah sure. it's hilarious and there's marshall scott pool who um he actually is like a um social like humanitarian and he writes different um essays for college and stuff i actually ended up writing or uh, reading some of his stuff in school and i was like oh my god <laughs> another marshall pool and if I'm not mistaken, somebody contacted us on Facebook and they were naming their baby Marshall Pool. And so they looked it up to see if, uh, you know, that uh, just to see what would come up. And they found our band and they sent us a message and said they liked our music and whatnot. So yeah. there's a little baby Marshall Pool out there. Yeah. Uh, who knows how old he is now? No, it's still a little like. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a Marshall Pool in the movie Open Range with Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall. Oh, damn. The Marshall, the town Marshall oh, in that Marshall is named Pool. Marshall Pool, which is one of, I don't know, my favorite Westerns. And I didn't, it was my favorite, one of my favorite Westerns before that was what the band was named. So maybe it was some like subconscious thing. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely weird because we always get people coming up like to Ryder and being like, hey, Marshall Pool. <laughs> Which yeah. one is Marshall? We were... yeah. yeah. I didn't think we would be in some Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull, Blondie Hell like yeah. when this started. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the case. But that's okay. Like, it definitely makes for interesting interactions with people. And, you know, maybe one day Marshall will give me a Marshall Blues Breaker. Just for having that in the band name. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that was 42 minutes. Thank you so much for sharing with us. <laughs> You've been listening to Marshall Poole on 42 Minutes, production of SyncBook Radio on the SyncBook.com. Check out their website at MarshallPooleMusic.com for more information about the SyncBook. For our guests, check out to past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like the podcast, check out others. It's currently all the SyncBook radio archives are free. We also feature a great search engine to help you find what you need. All you have to do is type TreeFort in there and you'll pull up all the TreeFort shows that we've done in the past. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you out there.